It's time now for the best hour in MMA and combat sports, the Boomtown Pod. Join your hosts, Andrew Kahn and Cole Smith, as they break down the latest cards, the biggest news, and so much more. Now it's time for the Boomtown Pod. That is right. It's another edition of the Boomtown Pod. All things MMA. Of course, I am your host, Andrew Khan, joined once again with our co-host, Cole. Sandman Smith out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Cole, how you doing? Good, man. Always good. Uh, busy. Busy as always. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm especially happy because we've got a special guest today. We've been advertising for a while and we're super happy to have him on. Of course, I'm talking about UFC light heavyweight smiling Sam LV. Sam, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, guys. How are you? Doing absolutely great. Can't oh, complain. It's good to hear. Well, it's allergy season, so I'm getting my ass kicked a little bit by the old pollen tree, but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to get through this. You know, I'm a ginger, and you'd think yeah, I'd have allergies, but I don't. I'm like a super ginger. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're like a super scion ginger? Yeah, it's uh, something like that. I mean, I still, I still can't be in the sun as long as normal people. But other than that, I don't have any of the, any of the weaknesses. That is awesome. Well, man, we're, we're tremendously thankful that you're jumping on with us. Uh, and, of course, we couldn't make this happen without our great sponsors, the Blue Collar Media Group, Stellar Gear, and, of course, Sandman Boxing System. Now, first and foremost, dude, congrats on being a brand-new dad. And uh, baby Evander is adorable as hell. And, uh, I mean, I, I loved the build-up to the name. I think you and the wife absolutely did a tremendous job. And if you haven't checked out his socials, it – you have to. How did how did the name of Vander actually finally come about? Uh, it was probably about two or three days after he was born. Uh, my wife and I have always had problems naming our kids. We, we never know. We don't find out the gender until it pops out. And so we, we don't have a lot of buildup into it. And so we, we were looking, you know, about two or three days later. Said, All right, he needs a name. And so we started playing with it. Uh, my, my grandmother's name was Eva. And uh, my wife's grandmother's name was Evelyn. And we were going to name our first daughter Eva, but my older brother stole it. He, he named his oldest, who's older than mine, Eva. <laughs> so we never got an Eva. But when you type in Eva, Evander comes up right away. So it's kind of been, we've been looking at it for a few kids now. Um, and we was finally, all right, let's do it. I like it. Uh, and there, there are almost no Evanders in the world. Uh, and so he, he's one of the few. I like it. I also enjoyed the Han Solo references too. The Star Wars <laughs> reference on, on Instagram had me crying. I was I was in tears. That was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> with that with that being said, how's the transition been like? Obviously, you're gearing up for a fight. You're in camp, and obviously, scaling being a, a, a dad again. How's that all going with you, man? You know, at this point, I'm just experienced with it. I've I've done it. This, he's my how many kids? Six, six kid. Uh, so. I, I've, I've had the buildup with the brand new during, I mean, I've had babies during camps, after camps, before camps. I've had a little bit of babies everywhere. So it's, it's I'm just used to it. Uh, I mean, it, anyway, it's the baby baby. So for the first six, seven months, it is no use for me anyway. Uh, I, I've just got to be there to support my wife as best I can. Yeah, very valid. Uh, Cole's got a good question for you. And we were talking about this earlier, but uh, go ahead, Cole. Yeah, we were kind of just going back and forth. Um, and, 
I, I was wondering where that pose came from. You know, your victory pose, two hands out. Where did where did you where did you come up with that? Yeah, so that's the that's the sign of the raging butterfly. Uh, me and my buddy, I grown up. Evans is name. Uh, you know, we had this raft in a pond, and we'd all go out on the raft and we'd wrestle and push each other off. And you know, because you get bored just pushing each other, you start making teams and all that. And uh, every team had its own name, and you know, everyone pick every kid picks the cool name, you know, Shark Tooth or Eagle Fang or whatever. Uh, and we, we came up with the Raging Butterfly. We had a little hand signal for it and everything. Uh, <laughs> so from, from, from a very early age, I told them, I'm going to make this into an army. This is, there are going to be an army of Raging Butterflies out there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working it. It's happening slowly but surely. <laughs> That's awesome. I uh, We might have to get some Raging Butterfly t-shirts printed just in honor of this podcast. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Anyone, anytime you do anything, you put it on. Little raging butterfly. Rage on, Mr. Butterfly. <laughs> totally about it. I'm absolutely in love with that. Well, as, as some people that are tuning in uh, might know, you've been a vet since 2014 with the UFC. Now, obviously, that's a lot of time with Mr. Dana White. Now, everybody has this, this notion of who Dana is. Uh, what's your relationship like been with him this entire time and all these years? Well, it, it kind of takes me back to my kid's name. So my, my kid's name is Evander Dana Alvey. And uh, honest to God, his middle name was after Dana White. Uh, personally, I don't know him that well. I've had, I don't know, four or five conversations with him. But uh, I, what he's been able to do with a sport that wasn't allowed on TV is it's so admirable. Uh, he, he's been able to take something that, I mean, it wasn't allowed to be seen. It wasn't allowed to be practiced. And he grew into the, I mean, one of the fastest growing, well, it is the fastest growing sport in the world. And it's been that way for a minute. It's catching up to baseball, football, you know, even eh, maybe not soccer, but it should be, it should be passing soccer. I hate that sport. Uh, and <laughs> what, what he's, I mean, more than the times I've talked to him, he is exactly the person y'all think he is. He talks the same. He's just as intelligent. He, he He's the same person. He's not putting on a facade when he's in front of a camera. Um, but what he's been able to do, it inspired me, and I wouldn't have the career I've had if it wasn't for what he's been able to do with the sport I love. So I, he, he is, you know, he's the middle name of my, my most recent child. That is pretty cool. I mean, ultimately, I, it's a huge sign of respect on your end for sure. Um, I mean, you can kind of dive into this too. I know it wasn't part of what we had structured, but um, with with the pandemic, like you said, everything kind of got shut down and they were the only sport that really seemed to keep going no matter the stipulations. And I'm sure you were a part of that too, getting ready for camps and stuff like that. What was that process like? Uh, well, so for like my last, might be my last eight fights, I haven't had a camp really. Or I never fought the guy I was supposed to fight. Uh, somebody get hurt or somebody get this or something get that. And I'd end up fighting some other guy come fight. Uh, I was with me against Ryan's fan. And I were the first fight of pandemic that we were the first athletic endeavor around the world post pandemic. Um, he and I, we personally restarted the world's economy. Uh, so it, it's, I take great honor in being that first fight being that first opportunity for, for the world to, to realize what they were dealing with. Uh, and again, that's something Dana did. He, he saw, he read the tea leaves and said, and said, 
not today. I mean, we are going to we are going to solve this problem before it really starts. Um, so for me, the pandemic did nothing. My gym never closed down. I didn't. I've not not for a moment worn a mask. I've not had to do anything for this pandemic. Uh, I feel bad for everyone that, that had their lives upended and ruined because of it. I, I, it's 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 a truly a tragedy. But um, tragedy. Uh, but for me personally, it was just another day in the office with fewer people watching. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it's been a little bit different out here in Canada. There's been so many restrictions and mandates and stuff like that. Not until about, I would say, literally, what, Cole, eight, eight months ago, stuff really started to free up and give us some kind of normalcy again. So hearing that you've never had to wear a mask, I'm going to go on the record and say I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh it was tough for the mandates hate that we me, had. But I don't understand the word you just said, sir. Did, what was that? Just just hitting a rough spot in the oh, old cell cover. <laughs> are you with AT and T or are we with Verizon? <laughs> uh, I think I'm Verizon. I'm pretty sure. I yeah, I should switch to T-Mobile. I hear that. I hear they're great. Got to got to plug the sponsor while we can. But nonetheless, no. I was just saying it's it's a little different because with you were saying with the mandates, you guys didn't really have to wear masks, and and I was saying Cole and I over the past eight months in Canada, that's when the restrictions kind of eased up. But for the longest time, for about a year and a half, we were masked everywhere. Yeah, especially at events, yeah. and and like the sanctioning was crazy. I thank God I lived where I lived. Uh, it's it's uh, the Riverside County in Southern California. Our sheriff, he said his job is to enforce the law. It is not the law to wear a mask, so he's not going to enforce it. So uh, I, individual businesses did, you know, the, if they enforced it, I either, you know, they try not to get in trouble here with the mask talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much, if I if I was forced to wear a mask, I just didn't go there. I said you won't get my business in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that, that was pretty much the case. Uh, my gym, we we just stayed open. Dan Henderson was was one of the leaders in the world, and uh, he, he showed he showed what what it could, what could be done. And our gym thrived during the lockdowns. Well, that's good to hear. I'm I'm assuming uh, always getting to train with Dan Henderson must be a ton of fun. Always, oh, he's, he's the most painful man in the world. He's got a way of making everything hurt. <laughs> Especially flying elbows. Yeah, man. Uh, and I tell you what, he's he's what I don't know, ninety three or something right now. He still will call and ask. He's still the best man in any room. Yeah, he's uh, he's crazy. No, definitely one of the one of the coolest, wiliest veterans of all time. That's for damn sure. Um, speaking of being crazy and wily veterans, because you had a cast and character full of them on your seat when you were on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, what were some of the most interesting characters? I know there's one in particular that everybody will always remember, but besides that, do you still keep in contact with a lot of guys from the show? Uh, so Neil Magny and I, I still, every time he fights, I send him a message. Hey, congratulations. I think he's got one or two kids now. I've sent him congrats every time. Uh, coach Trevor, uh, I, he, he's the one I talk to more than anyone else. I, I talk to him often enough every time. He owns all the belts in, in the UFC, so every time his guys fight, I, I send him a message. Um, but other than those two, not that many. Every now and then, I'll, I'll reach out and talk to Colton Smith, our winner. Um, but um, 
not not a ton. Uh, Pat Barry and I, he still I still love Pat Barry. So any chance I get to train with him, I do it. Just not all that often. And uh, Thug Rose, although she wasn't on my season, she's Pat Barry's uh, wife. So she, I'm, I'm always always able to root for her too. With Pat Barry, Cole and I actually discussed this the last podcast because we're talking about his coaching and how it was kind of unique in the last fight. But with Pat Barry, do you think he was like? too advanced for the heavyweight division when he was in the UFC just by being a kickboxer when it was just meat eaters essentially back then uh I don't know if too advanced is the word but I I I don't know he was he is one of the best kickboxers the UFC's ever had he's just when he got into the UFC he already had I know 100,000 fights under his belt um, so it's, it's exhausting training for camp. So, I mean, his, his losses, uh, could come from a result of, he was just tired of training. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And he did, he did face some bigger boys in that division, especially because Pat Berry himself, I think is only what, 5'10". Wait, uh, yeah. And, you know, outside of this, you know, his legs are massive. He is so funny. He will stand with his feet shoulder width apart and his thighs still rub. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was only 5'10", not not super tall, but uh, and at the end of the day, that might have been it. He might have been just built too differently for the heavyweight division. Yeah, and it, it, again, I think he would have had some success with the way that the heavyweight division is now, or even if he would have moved into you know the light heavyweight division too, um, and just been a little bit more. I, I, again, he was. I think he was a little bit like I don't want to say like his skill set was large, but he was well rounded for how the division is that he was in. Right? Like, I mean, he had welterweight moves in a heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did, and he just he was in complete control of what of what he wanted to do. He's just the end of the day your body's only got so many fights and he i have a lot of fights and he has way more than me counting all the kickboxing what was it like working with like shane carwin shane carwin's the nicest man i've ever seen in the ufc so soft-spoken and massive that man was just huge bigger than life is i've got a decent sized hand his hand was probably twice as big as mine uh it's just ridiculous this, I haven't heard from him and or heard about him in a while. Is he still coaching? Is he what's he doing? You know, I have no idea. Uh, I, I should give him a call. I've got his number, uh, but yeah, I have no idea what he's up to. He was an engineer while he was the UFC champion. Uh, I, I he retired. He said, "Yeah, I make more money being an engineer than I do fighting." So <laughs> I, Which... I, I think that. And, and a lot of uh, it seems to be a lot of the fighters will say that in the past as well. Uh, obviously, nowadays things are changing, um, you know, and, and obviously Venom being a part of the deal now, too, and stuff like that. How do you like their fight gear? Are you, are you OK with it? Is it is it better than the Reebok gear? What do you what do you think? It is it is higher quality than the Reebok gear, but it is more uncomfortable. But that's more me than not them. They the problem with Ven- the problem with Venom is the European con- company and the Europe likes everything tight. I'm a big dude. You put something tight on me, I'm not wearing it. Reebok is real, real flowy. Uh, Venom's way tighter, much, much higher quality. Like it'll last, last forever probably. But uh, just the way it fit me, I wasn't. I, it's.
Oh, we might have hit a snag there. It's okay. Our man's driving. So if at times he uh, comes in and out, we'll make sure to cover for him. But I, I would say I would agree with him in the Venom thing. You you could buy a you could buy a Venom. You're, they might give you a walkout shirt, Sam, and it might be an XL. But you're like, bro, hook me up with that 3X the way these things fit. <laughs> Uh, I, I should talk to him about making making something special for us, uh, girthy fellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know because when you do, I'm, I'm as you can tell, I got the old broad shoulders, so I'm going to need that. I don't think they make anything for two thirty guys, but I could I could be wrong. <laughs> um, with, with that being said, man, uh, let's break down some of your career moments because you've had some major wins against some major opponents, including guys like Nate Marquardt, Casey Rashad Evans, who's a legend of the sport. Um, to this day, win or loss, you can tell me who is your toughest opponent. Nate Marquardt. Nate Marquardt's toughest guy I've ever fought uh, outside of the practice. Uh, he he was just, he was my coach on the fighter as well so it was a real honor getting to fight my coach but he's he hit he hit harder than anyone i've ever fought mm-hmm. uh, uh and the dude i mean he was a strong shane carwin uh but with it with more of a wrestling background or a grappling background uh so nate marquardt's toughest guy i've ever fought going into that matchup did you see the outcome being the way it is with again as we all know everybody has always said nate marquardt's got the heavy hands uh, I'm sorry. What was that? I lost you for a moment. Oh yeah, no. I was just saying. What, did, were you in that aspect surprised that you were able to get the win over Nate Marquardt because at that time his hands were so heavy? Yeah, he actually hit me so hard he concussed me a week later. Uh, I fought him a week before the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, during the game I was goofing around with my uh, with my buddy's uh, daughter. We were wrestling around. I stood up. And my head went, holy hell, and I kind of fell over, fell backwards. A week after the fight, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I mean, I got hit so hard, it, it hurt me a week later. <laughs> I, got a, a- I got a question for you, uh, Sam, about your your uh, fighting style. I I noticed you're, you're really good with that lead check hook. Like, you, you can – you just find it. You make it look real natural and uh, – you just get over that jab super fluently and you just land that all the time. Um, when did you realize that, that that check hook was kind of, kind of like so natural for you? They kept falling over. Uh, you know, I, I kept <laughs> landing. That is what, what happened. <laughs> I don't do it. Yeah. Hey, can I, is there any. Oh, is there a chance that you can leave for a split second? We'll continue this without you. Yeah, for sure, Sam. We can definitely <laughs> back in. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, you're back. There we are. Smile and Sam, back in the building. Yeah, I, I haven't gone anywhere yet. I was just asking if, if I could be on pause for just a minute. I got to give my kid his instrument. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Do your thing. This is, right, this so, is sorry, live this... dad mode. I'm cool with this. <laughs> I, I, will, I will be right back, my friends. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you're just joining us, thanks everybody for tuning in. Of course, we are live with Smile and Sam Elvey. We got a couple more questions with him. We're gonna do a couple little things with him. Um, looking forward to it. He's off. Of the, he's just dropping off his kids' musical instrument. He's dad mode, fighter mode. He's everything on the go, which is pretty awesome so far. Uh, and if you want a quick little recap, he's obviously told us about his pose, um, what it's like working with different coaches, what it was like working with Shane Carwin, which I found really interesting. Um, saying that he's got the biggest hands he's ever seen. 
it always it always like Cole, maybe this is me, but isn't it a little weird? Like I've always just wished Shane Carwin would have stayed. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, he just put people to sleep, man. Like, every, every day. He just touched people, put them to sleep. Uh yeah, I I'm not even I'm not even sure why he left. It yeah. Just, it seemed like he just disappeared. Literally. He uh had his fight with Brock and was probably 20 seconds away from beating Brock Lesnar and becoming the, the champ back at UFC. What was that? 100, 200 yeah. geez, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, no, that was it was pretty insane. But uh yeah, no, there we go. Our guest is back with us. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, Smile Sam Elvey has been with us uh, for the last 20 minutes and we, uh, we thank you for your time again, Sam. So we're going to continue on with this. Uh, and, and and actually, Cole's going to take away on this one because we've done some investigative research on this one for you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just I just noticed you had like a four or five uh, fight stint up in Edmonton, um, which is pretty pretty close to us. Uh, and you were in the in the, the MFC, and you you had a couple of title title fights there, and uh, but I was just wondering what that looked like for you if you were here for a while, or if you just flew up for the fight, flew back, if you had a camp up here, if you stayed and visited Canada for a while, what did that look like for you? I you know unfortunately I didn't get to stay and visit for all that long, but I've been there a number of times now. Shoot, I think you said five times, four times. Yeah, my first fight off the Ultimate Fighter was up there for the belt. I lost a, a real close decision for that one. Came back, I fought Jay Silva. Jay Silva, yeah, I fought Jay Silva, knocked him out in the third. Um, oh, there's a good story behind that one too. Knocked him out in the third, won the belt in the the following fight, defended the belt, then went to the UFC. Uh, I loved Edmonton. I loved the arena. The MFC was the, I think is the second oldest MMA in, uh, organization in the world. Uh, and I was, I was their world champion. I, I had just such a, such a blast with that, right, with that one. So we got to dig into the story with Jay Silva. What was yeah. what's the story there? So Jay Silva, uh, at the time it was 185. So right. I mean, if you saw him now, he is beefed up so much. Like he, he, I'll bet you he's 245, just solid muscle. He's huge now. But uh, yeah, it was a good fight. I, do, I mean, dominated him pretty much every round. I was hitting him, dropping him, hitting him, dropping him. Last round, I hit him. He fell over. They stopped the fight. There's about a minute left. I said, oh, life's the greatest thing in the world. Um, back up, it was my my coach, Brian Harper, my very pregnant wife with our, it would have been our first. Uh, so Reagan was in her belly. And um, then Edmonton has the world's, at the time, they had the world's oldest uh, athletic commission. Like, I'm pretty sure the youngest person in the commission is 106. I mean, they're very, they're very experienced. So we are up in the room celebrating, oh, life's great, life's great. Jay Silva comes, like, kicks in the door. And now his coach was Ed, uh, used to be a coach of mine, too. So we're still friends, Ed and I. Uh, and Ed looks so uncomfortable because uh, Silva kicks in the door, starts just cause you motherfucker, you didn't stop early. I was gonna blow. I mean, just going off. It's so the the league of of elderly gentlemen and women were in front of me. Then there was me. My coach is backed by my wife, so my coach is trying to get in front of me. Um, but it's, it's all good. I, I'm a, I'm an easy enough going guy. So I just kind of smiled and said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Of course. Just kind of, he ran out of stuff to scream at me. And then, then ran off <laughs> the, the room of, of just had no idea what was going on. I was like, what was that? How did that happen? Uh, I said, yeah, it was fine. Whatever. He's upset. He lost. 
Uh, and he came back like, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes later, he had his hat in his hand. And he, he apologized. said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I heard you were talking shit or something. And maybe Coach Ed said it didn't actually happen. And so yeah, I'm sorry. So he apologized like 10 minutes later. But there was there was 45 seconds in there. He busted down the door and everyone thought everyone thought he had, you know, he was going to he was going to explode. the oldest athletic commission with the average age of 106 that's an all-time quote you are you are not wrong i mean the commission's out here like we cole and i have talked about this numerous times it's just i think there's a something's got to change at some point and we're hoping that you know guys like ourselves who are 30 and and can kind of start adapting and start taking courses and stuff like that can get into this and, and, and do the commission aspect of things because uh, Cole runs his own boxing studio and Academy out in Saskatoon, which is awesome. Um, and uh, I know that I, like for myself, I've always been, you know, very uh, statistical when it comes to watching matchups or breakdowns and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that in the, in the near future, you're, you're here again, and then we can actually do like a 30, 30 ish, commission you know <laughs> yeah no i like it uh shoot that, that old commission is probably still there it's a 136 year old commission right now <laughs> uh, and you know what they were great they they i'm not knocking them they were just stating they were they were old. it was it was a funny contradiction because they were all older elderly and this young buck jay silva just kicks in the door and was, i mean there was essentially no one between he and i so if he started fighting it was another fight because the commission wouldn't have been able to stop it <laughs> that's awesome man well we're glad you enjoyed your time up in canada hopefully at some point cole and i can actually meet you in person while you're having a fight for the ufc out here It'd be awesome oh, that would be wonderful I, I would love that i i love fighting up in canada uh, heck yes yeah and i i fought in just about everywhere in canada Except for Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. <laughs> or have you fought in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan? Except where? Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I think I cornered. I think I cornered Chris Curtis in Saskatchewan. Is it like way up north? Like you land in Edmonton and you go north like a couple hours? Yeah, yeah. You you realistically nailed it. If you were in Saskatchewan, you might have actually – was it part of a UFC card? No, it wasn't UFC. It would have been – I don't remember what it was called. Okay, because we've had a couple of UFC cards out here in Saskatoon, a couple fight night cards, which included Max Holloway and Charles Oliveira, which was a, a weird fight in the grand scheme of things because Charles Oliveira uh, popped his shoulder out, wasn't that? Yeah, that was the situation, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird, weird fight. But anyways, nonetheless, getting back into your fights, uh, August 6th, man, we're excited for you because we know, and I don't want to say it's it's a good thing that you came on this podcast, but any fighter that has ever had a losing streak that has come on this podcast has won their next fight. So Done. with that being said, this is the good luck charm, okay? I, so I, I, very- it. This is now official because I'm with you guys. I, it's guaranteed I win. I don't it's- care what the judges say. I'm winning this fight. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're taking on a young and up and comer in the name of Michael Olikshashik, who's uh, you know, he's got some definite good tools in his in his game. Um, you know, how do you see Smile and Sam getting your hand raised at the end of this thing? I'm gonna knock him out. It, it's not gonna be. I'm, I usually like to disguise, but no, I'm gonna knock him out. He, he's gonna come out. He's got his big cross. He he moves well, especially for a light heavyweight. But he's coming down to 85. And honestly, God, I think he's a 70 I think I'm still going to be way bigger than him at 85, even though this is his first fight coming down. 
Um, so I, I'm, he's going to come out over aggressive. He's going to overextend his cross. I'm going to catch him with that hook. It probably won't put him down, but it'll put him back. As he goes back, I will take him down and I will ground and pound him. It is going to be late in the first round. All right. If you're listening to betting odds and betting favorites, which I haven't pulled any of that up, smile and Sam by TKO decision in the first I am, round. I am probably going to be the biggest underdog in UFC history. Plus 600 is the odds right now for that exact stat. Holy so. shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so now everyone thinks that I, you know, I've been losing. Now some of them are bad. Most of them have been bad decisions or bad calls. My fault. I didn't finish the fight when I should have. But the way I see it is if I need to beat Jake Paul, Jake Paul's a terrible boxer and runs his mouth real well. But I also know if I'm winning fights, he's not going to fight me. He tends to only fight people that have lost a lot of fights in a row, retired and had surgery. I haven't had a surgery, uh, but I've lost a bunch just so I can get that fight. Um, I'm hoping I've lost enough for him to, to feel confident in fighting me. That might be the greatest call out in the history of the sport. It's, it's strategic. It's very <laughs> analytic of you. Um, I mean, honestly, it's I kind of find it. Cole and I have been talking about it. Now, I will give Jake Paul some credit. His footwork did look good in his last fight. Um, but he's yeah, he's fought milk duds. He's fought cans. And that's no, no offense to Ben Askren, who's on the absolute tail end of his career. And I, I, there were rumors that apparently he was going to he's supposed to get surgery or had surgery or something or just wasn't 100%. Plus, he faced Tyrone Woodley, who is well well past his prime and i think we can all agree on that um i think smile and sam elvey gives jake paul some fits yeah the problem is is i'm bigger than him uh i beat up his brother in front of him a few years back and now jake won't look me in the eye uh and i'm bigger than him I, he only fights people that are a weight class or too smaller than him uh so i i i'm trying to get smaller i'm trying to if he needs me to weigh in at 175 while he's 190 I, i'll find a way to do it uh, I will, I will whoop his ass. Did you sparred with Logan? Yeah, yeah. He brought me in uh, before their first fights. They brought me in to work with him, and I, and uh, I, I knocked him out. I didn't mean, I, I didn't knock him out. I just about broke his jaw, and it was with like a jab. Like uh, he came in, and it was just, I was tr doing the best I could to lose. I was being a good training partner. They invited me to their home. I was just, I'm experienced. They're not. I was being a good dude. And I was letting him hit me probably way more than I should have. I finally threw a jab, and it like hit him in the jaw. Oh, he went back, and oh, it, it ruined it ruined him. Uh, and his coach said, "Hey, you're not supposed to." I said, "I didn't do anything. I threw a jab." <laughs> uh, but yeah, his brother was supposed to spar me too. His brother wouldn't do it. Uh, that's Jake Paul. He he wouldn't after I after I hurt his brother. And I and I said, "Listen, I'm sorry. I I couldn't have thrown less." But uh, yeah, Jake, Jake wouldn't. Uh, Jake wouldn't step in the ring with me after that. So what? What's that like? Because I feel like it's this like smoke screen that we're getting thrown with those guys, and especially like you're describing it as a you know a guy who's just sparring with them, and now you're you're in trouble because he hit their golden boy too hard. Like, what is what is that whole setup like? You know, Logan seemed like a decent dude. He was, I mean, friendly enough. He was inviting me in. You know, shook hands and all that. Uh, he seemed like an, an all right dude. Jake was a douche. I mean, from, from the moment I got there and he wasn't doing anything to me, just watching him interact with his buddies and all that. J Jake's a douchebag. Um, and he's, he's one, he's one of those guys that like, I met him as like, I don't like you. And that, 
So the way I hooked up with them is I was going to the MMA awards or something out in Vegas. And while I was standing in line, his boxing coach, uh, Milton, um, J, uh, Logan's boxing coach, Milton. Yeah. Said, hey, and he's, we started up a conversation. I said, you know, who the, the, you know, Jake Paul or Logan Paul is, I said, ah, maybe by, maybe if I saw him, but not by name. I said, oh, well, you probably know him. They're kind of a big deal on YouTube. So we're talking. I'm Googling them, and I see they have, like, what, 30 million followers. Like, holy shit, they are kind of a big deal. I'm surprised I haven't heard of So by the end of the conversation, I said, oh, okay, yeah. I said, well, we'd love to have you out. You're about the right size. You're a fighter. You can take a punch. Let's do it. Um, so that, that's how we kind of got hooked up, is I didn't know who they were, and they, they liked that. That's pretty unique. I mean, they obviously have, and I mean, from what I have gathered and I've seen, Logan obviously seems like the better of the two guys, just like personality wise. I think Jake, I think the success of what he's done and who who he thinks he's finished, which is, I'm sorry, they're nobodies. Um, but I mean, realistically, it just seems like he his, he's just all about the money and the hype and just seems like a, you know, doesn't, like you said, doesn't want to fight guys who are in their prime or fight guys that are in his weight class or, you know, a little bit bigger than him or a little bit taller. It just seems like he picks his fights. They're calculated, obviously. Um, and if you're making that kind of money now, he's obviously gearing up for a fight in September. Uh, what are the odds we see you fight him? <laughs> Cause it says TBD. Uh, I, nobody's told me if I'm fighting him. Uh, <laughs> this last fight I have for the UFC is my last fight on my contract though. Uh, he, he typically doesn't like fighting people that are, or he doesn't like calling people out that aren't under contract. He, he likes hiding behind the contract uh, of other people. So I, I, he hasn't said anything, but I would be out of a contract August, you know, August 7th. And if he needs me for September, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I could be there. You get the phone call August 8th. You're in? I'm in. Oh, hell yeah. All right, I like this. You heard it here first. I, uh, I'm enjoying this quite a bit now. Um, with that being said, man, we'll transition into what you thought about UFC 275 this past weekend. Were there any performances that uh, kind of surprised you? Uh, so I, I'm the commentator for a, a smaller organization. It's the biggest non-UFC organization in the, in the country, a B2FS. Uh, B2 Fighting Series. Uh, they've got over 48 shows a year, uh, and I'm I just had my second commentating perf- shot with them this last weekend. Sweet. Uh, so I didn't get to see most of the card. As soon as it was done, I, uh, I was in a hotel. Actually, I'm on TikTok. I love TikTok. TikTok streams all the fights. So I go on there. I just watch the fights off my TikTok. Uh, so I was watching the, the TikTok fights. I got to see I got to see the Shevchenko fight, which was – I was bored by the fight. It's like I – I, I wasn't nearly as upset as everybody else was that Chipchenko won. I thought every round was close enough. It, there was, I mean, I, I, I didn't like to fight that much. But then the next fight, uh, which I was not looking forward to at all. I had no interest in the fight, but it was on and it was late. I wasn't tired yet. I was going to watch it. And thank God I did. It was like the it was the best light heavyweight fight I've ever seen. One of the best fights I've ever seen. It had everything. It went from stand-up to knockouts to knockdowns to ground and pound to submission attempts. It was the most complete martial arts, you know, mixed martial arts uh, experience I've ever seen. Honestly, I couldn't agree more with you. I we, Cole and I were texting during that whole entire card, and we're talking about the main event, and I was like, wow, this just – 
because Glover's ground game is so elusive that he gets you down there. It is a nightmare for every one of his opponents. I mean, look at his fight win streak. I mean, everybody's been lost, or lost, lost, submission, submission, submission. Like, it's just crazy. But then he comes out and starts throwing that left hand. And I'm like, whoa, this thing is touching Yuri. And Yuri is not blocking this worth a damn. And maybe it's just because his style is really, really weird um with that like what do you call it karate samurai style like i don't even know how to describe it yeah it uh, Yuri's always been fairly hard to hit and uh glover was finding a way to make connection finding a way to close that distance and then that single so glover's 43 years old or 42 years old he should not be able to do five rounds like that but he did five rounds of aggressive wrestling and grappling. That's exhausting for twenty-four-year-olds, let alone forty-four-year-olds. Uh, so that he, that he was a, he didn't slow down. Yuri slowed down slightly. Come round, probably yeah. round four, real slow, uh, a little slower. Uh, but Glover never did. He got that takedown every round. Round five, he came out and rocked him. I wish he wouldn't have pulled for that guillotine. Uh, oh, that's even, I picked Yuri to win. And uh, I guess I was right, but only only by by the definition of right. It was I should have been wrong. But by, like, round three, I'm like, I'm fully in Glover's corners. I want to see this man hold this title, keep this title, and, and reign supreme for a long time. Yeah, and it was nice to hear Glover say at the end of the, of the fight with Joe, too. He said, I'm 42, and I just put on that performance. I ain't going anywhere. Because there's been so many rumors circulating that, obviously, that, you know, a like we said, to allude to his age, he's 42 years old. That division is is strong. Obviously, you're in that division. You know what's going on there. Um, it, it's it, man, Prochaska is an. I think realistically, he he needs to work maybe a little on the defense because there are times where his hands are down, and it's going to take you know that fight against Dominic Reyes. Reyes was tagging him very early on, and it, he didn't like getting hit. And all of a sudden, he put those hands up, and then he threw that spinning elbow, which was bananas. Yeah. But Holy Jesus. But do you see Petroska being the champ here for a while? Or do you think it's one of those things where, you know, Glover comes back? I think Glover deserves the rematch right off the get-go. I don't want to see the rematch just because of how good this first fight was. I don't want I, – I, I'd be scared that Glover comes out and gets knocked out right away just because yeah. of half of the second fight. Um, and I, I think I would still pick Yuri to win the second one. That, but – I don't know who's there to beat uh, uh, Yuri, though. I would like to see Dom fight him again. That was a very fun fight, but uh, who else is left? I, I guess you've got the the Polish, what's his name, uh, Bla- Blackowitz? Uh, Jan, yeah. I think Jan is close to a title shot again. If, if not, uh, I would have said uh, Rejic is there, but Rejic got hurt against Jan. Um, so I, I don't know who's in the top, you know, top few right now. Uh, yeah. d- d- has Anthony Smith fought... Uh, uh, Yuri, that's no, he has not. Anthony Smith is fighting, he's coming off that win against Crude, and then he's coming off, and he has he has a fight coming up in the next, like, I think, the next two weeks. Really, yeah, Anthony okay. Smith, uh, he fights right away here. And I and I do believe that he said whoever wins that fight would be a number one contender potentially. I mean, Lionheart Smith's had this like resurgence, obviously, after his little bit of his losing streak there. Um, but I, I'm just going to double check because I do think he's got one coming up very, very quickly. Um, and I'm just trying to remember who the hell it's against. Um, <laughs> against. Here's a, here's a Canadian accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's who he's facing. Magomed Ankalaev. 
Oh, I didn't really. Okay. And that's you know, like UFC 277. I'm going to take Smith in that one. Um, I, I Smith is, I love Smith. And I didn't at first, but I, I really did like Smith. Um, so here's a funny, I went up to light heavyweight. I, at the beginning of my career up there, I was, I was beating everyone. Uh, Smith beat, might've been Rashad and Smith called me out. And uh, I'm the guy, I always call somebody out. And I, I was at the event that he called me out. And so people were, oh, wow, you did talking to me and stuff. Uh, I, I never responded. And then like a day later, the Monday after, he t- he tweeted, hey, Sam, I haven't heard anything from you. <laughs> so I tweeted back, said, man, I'm, I'm in the middle of adopting a kid. I was trying to adopt someone from Africa, and I didn't know when I was going to be or where I was going to be. He said, I would love to fight. I just can't dedicate myself to anything anytime soon because of this adoption. Um, and they said, oh, okay, you, you do your thing then. <laughs> It was. I really would have loved to have fought him, but uh, that would have been a cool, a cool matchup. As you guys have both obviously beaten Rashad, that would have been really, really cool. Actually, yeah, um, I would have had a blast with it. I just, uh, it was a bad, bad timing for me. I mean, and obviously we know that he's quite the Family Guy too. After what he went through, um, I mean, he, there's, there's going to be. I'm telling you now, there's probably going to be like a Criminal Minds episode that's based upon what that man went through. Uh, pretty insane, man, that he went through that kind of stuff. So I can obviously attest to him obviously being a big family guy and him understanding why he didn't respond. But uh, maybe one day we'll get that matchup. That would be that'd be sweet. I, I'm into it. Um, with that being said, we uh, obviously have UFC 276 coming up. So we're going to go with predictions with the smile himself. UFC 276 edition. Uh, Cannoneer versus Izzy, man. Cole and I are split. Help us out. Who do you think wins this? I'm taking Izzy. I'm taking Izzy. Cannonier got beat to tar by uh, Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker's got some quick hands, good boxing. Different. It's a different fight than against Izzy. But Izzy's whole thing is he just finds the opening. Uh, Cannonier, he's, he's a little too stiff, big and strong. Not a good enough wrestler to really put Izzy down. So it's going to be a stand-up fight probably. Uh, and I think Izzy's just going to find openings all over the place. Then it has been decided. We are rolling with Israel Adesanya and that fight. There's... There is one other thing, though. I am, like, wrong about main events, like, 93% of the time. I, I will pick the rest of the card perfectly, but my main event record is terrible. We, uh, we've we been split on this one because, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Izzy fan, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Izzy fan, but Jerry Cannonier and what he's been doing lately is just out of this world impressive. Um, his ground game looks so sharp. His hands have looked way more crisp as in – in prior fights, even as you alluded to against Whitaker, where I thought he was really lazy. Um, Whitaker just beat him off. And that's who Whitaker is. Whitaker is, he's a silent assassin in that division. And, and it's, you know, I, I hope that one day he, he comes up and he, he gets there again and is a champ at some point, but we'll, we'll see until that point, but all right. So we're going with Izzy. All right. Rolling with it. Next fight, Volkanovsky versus Holloway three. This is a matchup that I think a lot of people are really circling on their calendars. It's an explosive fight. The first two matchups were unbelievable. You could have split it both ways. Max, you could have split it both ways. Volkanovsky, obviously Volkanovsky getting in the, the win in both. Does Max finally get the W in this fight? I'm going to take Volkanovsky again. I would love to see Matt. Max is such a cool guy, such a humble champion. Uh, and he really brought light to the sport. And if he was champion, I would like to see him fight Oliveira for that championship. I think he could do a, a double champ kind of thing, especially with their background together already. But Holloway gets hit a ton. He gets mm-hmm. hit so often. I know people talk about him being a great defensive fighter. I just disagree with that. He just 
he, he's got a great chin that's all that that's not gonna last forever and Velkanowski's a guy that hits hard um if Volkanovski can find a way to keep Holloway's uh, uh, volume a little bit lower, that might be all it takes to, to really set up that big shot. But I'm gonna, I, I my heart's with Holloway, but I, I'm I think Volkanovski wins. And I, I agree with you a, a ton, uh, Sam, about his defense. I was just talking to the guys at my gym about that. Um, yeah, he, he he seems to not move his head very much, uh, and he just takes those shots. And I, and I really think. It was evident in that Poirier fight because uh, his punches were actually affecting him a lot more than other fights. And you could actually see what he was taking instead of just, like, taking them. Yeah, I I wish he would move, move his head a bit more. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's an old dog. It's probably not going to happen. No. He's, his jaw has held up till now. Um, it's just it's only a matter of time until somebody finds the right spot. I don't want to say it's the Tony Ferguson effect, but he might have that coming up. I mean, he has taken a lot of punishment. Tony didn't. That's the surprising thing. Tony didn't take a ton of punishment, but Max has taken a ton. That that Calvin Cater fight was nuts. Yeah. Like, it, what, what did they throw? 500 punches combined or something like that? Significant oh, strikes? Crazy. It, was, it yeah. was nuts. Both guys' faces look like shredded cheese by the time it was done, but I mean realistically, I think I agree with both of you guys. I think Volkanovsky just has been on this tear where it's like, he's been able to pick apart his opponents. His power is nuts. It's crazy to think at one point in this guy's life, he weighed 240 pounds at the size he is playing rugby. His, he makes fun of himself all the time with his fat pictures. And I'm, <laughs> I'm so about it. Um, but like, it's just, it's incredible what he's been able to do. And honestly, I, I see him being the champ in that division unless I agree with you. I think Volkanovski, if he moves up and fights Oliveira, that's an interesting matchup. Um, and, and, and if he does, it'd be something else. But I also think with this Cejudo rumors going around that Henry, you know, is is coming back. He's in the USADA pool now. He's he's getting tested. He, he And he looks like he's never been out of shape. You know, he's always training with somebody. So, I mean, do you think if Volkanovski wins, he moves up and tries to fight Poirier? Or do you think he stays and then Cejudo fights him? Uh, you think he'd fight Poirier if he moved up? That's that's a good. Ooh, that's a that's an intriguing matchup. Uh, yeah. I well, you just said it. You said no, no, I, Oliveira. Oliveira, sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know he might move up. I, Oliveira's probably. I hate saying it because I think I think, and I said it on TikTok that I think Oliveira is a more dominant champion than Khabib was. Um, For sure, not I, arguing. I, Again, TikTok disagreed with me, but I, I definitely <laughs> think he has been. Uh, so, I, But he does get hit more than Khabib does, too. So, and he tends to get rocked, and Oliveira does hit pretty hard. So that's, it's, I think as far as the, the lightweights go, I think Oliveira is probably the easiest fight Volkanovski could have, even though it's far from easy. It's still a very difficult fight. Um, but uh, as far yeah, shoot, I everybody wants to shut up Triple C, though. Triple C is probably a bigger money fight than Oliveira. Yeah, I mean, Oliveira, you know, it, his run has been incredible. Like, I mean, it's just, it is a murderer's row of people that he's finished. And yeah. it's and it's and it's not even like some of these fights. Some of the fights were, you know, like, honestly, let's face it, like Michael Chandler was, what, 20 seconds away from becoming the, the lightweight champ? 
Yeah. Like, and, and, and it was so close. And then he puts up that performance against Ferguson. I'm almost like, do you want to see Chandler go back in that fight? You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm intrigued by it. And then everybody's like, well, Connor and, and Chandler, I think, I think Chandler marks Connor. I, maybe I'm wrong by that. Uh, you think, uh, wait, say that one more time. You think Connor does what to, Ch- to Chandler? I think, oh, I think yeah. Chandler, I, I think kind Chandler. Of think the same thing. And I don't want to think it. I like Chandler a lot more than I like uh, Connor. But uh, I, Chandler, Chandler gets hit, and he's got a—he's a bit chinny. I think if he were to go in there and wrestle like he can, I think he could beat Connor. But he would have to wrestle aggressively and hard from the beginning. Yeah, very true. Now the other matchup that I wanted to break down a little bit because you're pretty familiar with this category of fighting: uh, Sean Strickland taking on Alex Pierre, uh, who and some people might not know on this podcast. Alex Pierre is the only one to ever beat Israel Adesanya in that wow. division. Okay. Outside, outside yeah. of the UFC. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, Sean Strickland is is absolutely mental. Uh, I don't know if you've had any encounters with him. Oh, he's one uh, of my best friends. Is is he awesome? Yeah. Uh, smiling Sam and and the crazy Strickland. I'm a, I'm about it. That's oh yeah, no, he's, and he's Sean's as crazy as everyone thinks he is. He's a dude's nuts. I know. I love him. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Sean demolishes Pierre. Uh, I, I don't think it's much of a fight. I actually kind of teased him for accepting the fight. I said, dude, you're the number two or three contender right now, and you're going to fight an unranked guy like this? Or maybe the guy's ranked number eight or nine. He said, yeah, it's an easy payday. Uh, uh, I, I, to be fair, I said that. I don't know if he said that, but I said, I, why? He said, eh, it's, I bet. he thinks the UFC doesn't want him to be champ because he's such a nut job. Uh, so they're going to throw some people at him that, that probably don't help lead to a title shot. But we'll see. I think Sean is going to just pick him apart at will. I've, I, he's a good kickboxer. I understand it. Sean's ground game is some of the best I've ever rolled with, even though I don't think he's going to need to go to the ground. He's going to be willing to. Uh, but Sean's volume is so high. If you want to upset a kickboxer, volume. Volume strikes. Uh, kickboxers, they, they're they're slow and powerful. They, they've got their kicks. They've got their fast punch but they're not combination strikers. Sean is a combination striker. Uh, Sean has, I think, once before been caught with a spinning whatever kick. Um, that was that was old Sean. Sean's way past that level. Sean's going to come forward. He's going to put him on his back heel. Dude's not going to have an option but to, to try and spin. And spinning doesn't work until it does, and then it looks awesome. But for the most part, spinning doesn't work. <laughs> I like that you said and alluded to that Sean is, you know, crazy, but yet they let Conor McGregor be a two division champion who might be the craziest motherfucker in all the sports. So. Uh, yeah, but Conor sells tickets. Conor outsells everyone. He's what, five or six of the top five uh, pay per views in history? Yeah. No, I, I, listen, I, I think Sean is a complete professional. I know that he goes on these tyrants and he's a little crazy at times. But man, honestly, look at his work. Like his work ethic is next to none. His his ground game is, like you said, unbelievable. His hands are crazy. He just comes forward and he never stops. That's the one thing I love about Sean. He just comes forward, never stops, always brings the fight. So I think I agree with you in the aspect that a kickboxer is in a world of trouble with Sean Strickland's kind of performance. Yeah. Um, hey, they're coming to kick me out to get my kid. All right, man. No problem. No, we, we we're wrapping things up anyways. Totally, totally appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, no, that's uh, Smile and Sam Elvie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, man. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Sorry about that, that little bit of hecticness I brought to it. No problem. We appreciate it. You have a great day, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it.
That was pretty cool, man. Smiling Sam LV drawing to the podcast, had some great breakdowns for us. Um, had some had some great tidbits of information, what it's like working in the business, you know, some of his competitors. What'd you take away from that, Cole? Oh, that was awesome. It's it's awesome kind of just getting to hear him uh share his insight. And and it's funny because uh I just watched that Jay Silva fight he was talking about. Uh, yeah. I, watched it, I watched it this morning and then I watched him and Strickland sparring as well, a video. Um, yeah. So I knew that they were kind of training together and, and pretty good friends. So, but to kind of hear his uh, perspective on some things uh, was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool to hear him talk about his trips out in Canada. Obviously mm -hmm. he loved it out here and you came back five times, you know, talking about his wife being so pregnant with their first kid and being in his corner, their relationship's awesome uh definitely definitely inspiring stuff if you ever want to like follow their socials go follow them at smile and sam lv uh instagram twitter facebook the guy is just one of the nicest dudes um and honestly just hearing him talk about like his win over marcourt and saying like you know and we both agreed like a long time ago we always said nate marcourt was like one of the beasts of the division and just hearing about his knockout power and how big his hands were and all that stuff was was pretty cool yeah definitely uh and like I think if you don't know much about Nate Marquardt or if you're kind of new to the sport, go check out Nate Marquardt. You know, he's, he's fought everybody. He's, uh, um, I know, like, go watch his, his Woodley fight. Yeah. Facts. Probably, it's probably one of the greatest knockouts of all time that, that hasn't been seen by that many people, you know? Yeah, um, no. so yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. He's definitely in my legends row. That is for sure. Um, no, and I, I mean, I'm looking forward to his uh, August 6th matchup. You can check that on UFC Fight Night. Um, of course, he's taking on Michael Oleksajic, um, which will be a great fight. He's predicting a, for all you betters out there, this is a smiling Sam LV guarantee, okay? He's winning that fight with a minute left in the first round via TKO. Now, I looked into this while we were talking to him. The odds are plus 600. It's a lot of money you can win back. So uh, six, 600 bucks would win you 1200 So there you go. Uh, and I mean, the guy is just incredible. I'm happy that he came on the show. And of course, we're always grateful for our guests that come on. Max Griffin even said it to himself the last time he was on here. And, I, and I've been talking to him since. He's like, hey, I went on your podcast. I was on a losing streak. I won the next three fights. So let's see what happens. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Sam is, you know, if, any, if anybody deserves a W in the UFC, it's Sam Elvey. I mean, the guy's an absolute legend of the sport. He's been there since 2014. That's a long damn time, people, uh, to be with one organization and stay, you know, relatively uh, a name in that division as well. So uh, with that, that's a, a special, you know, little afternoon broadcast for us. So thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Blue Collar Media Group, Stellar Gear, Sam, Boxing System. Cole, how can people find you, my fan? Uh, everywhere. Uh, Instagram, even TikTok, Facebook. Uh Sandman Boxing System, everywhere. Go find me. You can find us, of course, at the Boomtown Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and, of course, on Facebook. We continue to grow. And, again, thank you so much to our special guest, Smiling Sam Elvey, UFC light heavyweight fighter, uh, who has done some pretty crazy cool things, including the Ultimate Fighter. So if you missed any of that, make sure to download our podcast. You can do that on Spotify and on Anchor. And then, of course, if you want to watch the video again, hey, we got the live feed right here that'll be on it for, well, the rest of time. So there's that. With that being said, you guys have a great afternoon. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we will see you uh, after UFC 276.